can I please now introduce uh, to carry the torch um, artist and theatre maker Louise Lowe, who runs her own company in a new productions. You'll be familiar with her work from this year, uh, the work that she did called 13. You'll also be familiar with the work that she did in Laundry and the Boys of Foley Street. And um, uh, also Louise is working on a new project at the Abbey Theatre, so she may speak a little bit about that a, a little later as well. Louise. Good afternoon, everyone. Theatre has traditionally played a very important role in making aware the resonance of the past among the present. All cultures have recognised that theatre, because by virtue of its liveness and repetition, presents an embodied experience of place and memory, a sense of coming back, of repeating again and again. And so the relationship between theatre and cultural memory is a deep and complex one. One could say that every play is a memory play as it's subject to continual adjustment and when recalled in new circumstances and contexts. Standing on this stage, I ask us now to pause for a moment and remember a performance that we may have seen here. Now consider every play that is played out over that. The retelling of stories already told. The reenactments of events already enacted. The re-experience of emotions already experienced are and always have been central to theatre. Every performance embeds trace of the performance it was before and has yet to become. Every performance is never exactly repeatable, but continuously shifting, and this becomes an act of playing a memory of itself on top of memory. Myself and visual artist Owen Boss have worked together for the past decade, and since 2009 have existed as Anu Productions. Today Anu has a core team and a family of artistic contributors. Over the past few years we have made 10 productions. Last year we presented 1,700 performances as part of a series of works exploring the impact of the 1913 Dublin lockout on today. We estimate that over 38,000 people engaged with our work in the last year alone. Our work is about the history of contemporary life. Working in real environments and slipping between the artificial and the real, we are interested in the changing nature of contemporary cultural thinking. We are influenced by theatre, visual artists, visual art and dance, and are particularly fascinated by the energy that exists in the spaces between those. We use non-traditional sites and immersive engagement to create shared intimacies between audience and place and audience and performer. We are intrigued by the architecture of existing environments and the, oh sorry, when we talk of community, we understand this to mean community of space, place and interest. Within our practice, we collaborate with a variety of local experts, organisations and individuals who in turn inspire the work. We begin each piece by setting ourselves a series of questions. The central question we ask of our audience is, how do you choose to engage? We ask audiences to witness, feel, comply and act. We ask audiences to question themselves within the work and in a larger way within the world. And during that process, we are constantly asking questions of ourselves. The performances we make are outcomes of a long devising process, which is made on site over a long period of time. Each production contains multiple narrative strands happening at once, and the audience become participants within the environment, seeing the show through a lens of now, then, now. Placing the audience at the very centre of this practice ensures that they are doing so much more than just looking. Imagine for a moment you're an audience member and you've come to see one of our shows. Imagine that when you enter the world of the play, you become separated from your fellow audience. The other world engulfs you and you no longer see its edges. You are implicated as opposed to removed. 
addressed as opposed to ignored. There is no fourth wall. Though sometimes you view scenes through carefully composed apertures, such as peepholes, which gives you the feeling of being inside a film, you are at times completely surrounded by or, gauge, or engaging directly with the performers. They speak to you and may call your name. They seem to know you or expect you. Every sense is tingling with taste, smell and textures of your surroundings. What makes this work all the more immersive is that very often it is not happening in some carefully controlled, uh, constructed environment. Very often it is colliding with real life. Very often the performance for which you are central of is happening on the street enveloped by real time and real life. Within the work we invite audience to break the rules. Move around, talk, talk to the actors and mould the action. This unleashes a dynamic meaning-making process. It is important to note we never expect an audience member to play a role or take on a character. Even when the action of the play is within the past, they can't be but, any, be but themselves in the present. And some audiences choose not to engage. Instead, become voyeurs with a close-up view of the action. Others, however, choose an active hand in dictating the narrative they want to see or the characters they want to follow. It's up to them to behave or how to behave, to, to embrace or observe it. But our motive is consistent. To give agency to so audiences can, to borrow a phrase from Peter Crawley, become the dramaturgs of their own experience. I've been invited today to speak about new memory. I want to talk a little about that in context of our Monto project. Through a series of works positioned inside the community, we're currently in the process of completing a four-part project that explores the quarter-mile area of Foley Street. Performed for just one audience member at a time, the comprising productions of World's End Lane, Laundry, The Boys of Foley Street, and later this year, Vardo. Through these performances, the history of the area across decade is distilled into highly personal encounters. Each of these productions tells us about things and people in time and space, about what existed and what was made up, about conflicts and tensions and what was and what could have been. They also serve as an opportunity for us to explore our state and microcosm as we approach this important decade of commemoration. Because through each piece we're attempting to ask the question, who are we and why are we? To quote theatre maker Andy Field, we're not interested in simply reenacting or recreating events that we think may have happened in the past. But with a desire to reimagine and remake everything that was radical and alive about the past within the present. Ultimately, we are interested in creating environments where 100 years of history can fold, clash, interact, contradict and tell its own story in its own way. Together, we hope that all four parts will reveal the interpenetration of space, place and culture, creating an evolving work of historical and contemporary detail. Immortalised in song and later in the, in the Nighttown chapter of James Joyce Ulysses, the first of our series, World's End Lane, was an intimate one-to-one -one exploration of the notorious Monto area of the North Inner City. This is once the largest and most prolific red light district in Europe. Told in multiple tenses through the eyes of five pivotal real life characters, audiences of three were divided and taking on a rotating journey where they got to experience the area as a punter, tourist and complicit worker. Even though we were exploring the area in 1925, the scenography, music, costume and performance were all emphatically contemporary. This has insisted that the work is never, was immediately relevant and never nostalgic or backward looking. After the closure of Monta, the streets previously littered with brothels were demolished and the land gifted to the Daughters of Charity to extend their convent for fallen women. Following on from that then, Laundry was performed as part of Dublin Theatre Fest from 2011 and once again picked up on the female history of the area. In an Ireland whose collective consciousness is, is reeling from the exposition of these institutions, the issues of naming and witnessing was at the heart of the performance. 
Being witness is a live process. We want to explore how traumatic memory could be transmitted without using narrative, without making up fictions, and using as few instructions as possible. We isolated audience members and engaged them on a continuous journey through the building. As they moved, the women materialized through semi-derelict corridors, through water, mirrors, and ultimately through time. We didn't wish to create life as it was, nor even life remembered, but life for these women as it had been forgotten. In making laundry, we wanted to ultimately recognize ourselves and the actions of our state. The Boys of Foley Street, which then followed, was one of our most ambitious projects to date, performing 456 shows durationally over 11 hours each day of Dublin Theatre Festival, it explored the third regeneration of the area. It worked essentially in real time around two concentric circles, which facilitated, facilitated us to be able to create four distinctive narrative journeys simultaneously. It looked at the area in the 1970s and 1980s through a period of immense change, the demolition of tenement housing, the impact and rise of heroin, the Dublin Monaghan bombings, the concerned parents against drugs movement, and ultimately a community imploding in and itself. In making this entire cycle of work, we thought a lot about technology and how it's changed our cultu cultural landscape. We are fascinated with how radio frequency identification technology creates new cultural spaces. Working with scientist and engineer Dr. Neve Shaw, we explored how to embed this technology into the work. She created small mini computers called Arduinos, which essentially scanned the movement of an unknowing audience members, cueing actors, triggering sound, light and large scale projections as they passed. On top of this technology, we bombard audiences with textures, taste and smell. We connected the productions by inserting carefully chosen motifs of each production within each production. For example, the song Tale unifies all four parts. The Boys of Foley Street documentary is playing in a car during laundry. In World's End Lane, the tarot cards will prove central to Vardo. In Vardo, we will return again to methylated spirits. And how often have we been dragged through time by an unexpected smell? If I asked us all now to think of the smell of chalk, where would it immediately take us? In our work, we consider a new smells to evoke, calm or provoke. They provide the body with another way of encoding and memory in, within the performance. In World's End Lane, the smell of eugenol oil evoked an unfamiliar and heady response. In Laundry, the smell of carbolic soap and milk brought us straight to an institution. In Boys of Foley Street, it was the overlap of everyday residual smells, such as the smell of cooking and Jay's fluid. The action or handing or gifting our audience a tangible object to take away with them is also another way to ask them to remember. Sometimes audience members would deposit these, these objects in the nearest bin. And others say they still have a bar of carbolic soap buried in the back of a drawer or on a shelf. That the Virgin Mary Meth statue still sits on a desk, or the long-forgotten taste of a big-time bar brought them straight back to the 1970s. This kind of immersive, site-specific work is no longer an alternative or fringe genre, but symptomatic of increasing diversity in art form. Our work extends the debate beyond interaction between performance and space, beyond how the past is propelled into the present. Ultimately, the past is present in the visceral experience of our audiences. Never nostalgic, we aim to produce sensory-rich experiences that encourage participation. And it is through their involvement that the audience become auteurs in the event, creating new and individual meaning and memory. The particulars of each performance may fade, but the semblance of the experience will remain in our sense memory. The memory becomes embodied in each viewer, and only through recalling all of the senses can it then be remembered or shared. Thank you.